I've decided to stop telling you how many Sundays we have left in this series because only the Lord knows. But I believe we have two. Um, we're going to read the end of Proverbs 3. And we're going to talk about doing good. I'm going to focus on particularly verses 27 and 28. Um, the Lord has a lot to say about doing good. And it's something that as parents, I don't know a, a parent who doesn't want their child to do what's good. I've never met a parent who's like, well, I'd really like them to grow up to be evil and wicked, and so I'm doing my best, you know. No parent wants that. We want our children to do good, and we have a lot of, of instructions from everyone in the whole world about what that looks like. Today, we need to listen to the Lord so we actually know how to do good, um, when to say yes to help, when to say no to help. Um, and then next week, we're going to close. It'll be Father's Day. We'll be in Proverbs 4, and uh, we'll kind of wrap up our series then. And so let's uh, read. Uh, I'll read uh, Proverbs 3, our text this morning, 21 to 35, and then we'll really zoom in on verses 27 and 28. Again, the father is talking to his child. My son, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse anyone for no reason when they have done you no harm. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. For the Lord detests the perverse, but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honor, but fools only get shame. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to switch over here. I think I'm getting some rumbling. Okay. Do you meet that? I couldn't wear my mask with it anyway, so it's not a total loss. Let's look at verses 27 and 28. We've spent a lot of time talking about wisdom, right? Um, so we know why it's precious, because it leads to life. We know why God's wisdom is irreplaceable, because it comes from God, and God's irreplaceable, right? So these things, I, I'm hoping, are taking root. And if you have children, I, I hope they're taking root in your parenting a little bit, that you're actively thinking about, am I passing on God's wisdom to my child? Am I giving them me, or am I giving them the Lord? But look at 27 and 28. I think 
And if you have your bulletin, I list three questions here at the bottom. You can track along. Uh, this is the same as your worksheet online. And if you did download the online version, you'll notice we actually didn't do one of the confessions that were listed there. Uh, there wasn't a, we had, I had removed that in one, but not in the other. So what are the three questions that verses 27 and 28 kind of take us through? Three questions. If someone comes to you and says, help me, I need your help. Can you help me? Well, the first really basic question is, can I help? Right? Do I actually have what they need? Verse 27, right, says, do not withhold good. This is a tangible idea. You know, we had an email go out to the church this week. Someone needed help mowing their lawn. She's an elderly lady. Some of you can't mow a lawn. I'm, we're not going to send out uh, Joseph to mow the lawn for the lady down in Baldwin. You might be too small to run the mower. You might be too old to run the mower. You might not own a mower. Right? So verse 27 says, do not withhold good. So do I have what they need? People will come to you for help. drugs they may be behind on their payments right there's never a, we all need help and people come to us for help so a simple question is do I have what they need and then part two is the end of verse 27 it says do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act so the first question is do I have what they're looking for and the second one is do I have the power to actually help them with it Right, And so I wanted to just draw this point out a little bit because we have a church filled with helpers. A lot of you guys jump up to help in a lot of different ways. And it really blesses our whole community. But sometimes I know you, you have what we need, but you don't have the power. You don't have the energy. You don't have the time. Maybe it's something you don't necessarily have the authority to do. So Proverbs is saying, when people come to us for help, there is a part of us that not just has to have what they need, but we do need the power to actually act on it. And I just want to let you, I don't want you to live in false guilt when I might ask you for help and you need to say no. Pastor Peter, I have a mower, but I cannot go over there this week. That's okay. Do not withhold good to those who have what they need. Where someone might ask. examples where someone might ask you for help and you have what they need and you have the power to do it but you shouldn't do it what about if you're sitting next to someone and you're taking a test and they look over to you and they're like hey do you know the answer to question 24 and let's say you know the answer to question 24 so you have what they need the answer you have the power to give it to them you could write it down you could tell them should you help them can I get an answer, children? No. no. You should not help them, right? 
Because what they want from you is wrong. Those to whom it is due literally means in Hebrew, those who possess good. But if it were translated that way, do not withhold good from those who possess good, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. So most scholars understand it to mean those to whom good is due. Those whom you're morally obligated to do good to do, to help. And so the Father is parenting our hearts here. God is teaching us. He's saying, look, there are times when you'll have what people need and you have the power to give it to them, but you shouldn't actually always give it to them. In Proverbs, we would call this person the sluggard, right? So we talked a lot about the needy versus the sluggard in a, a, a few weeks ago. If someone is simply too lazy to work, to get what they need, and they keep coming to you, and they want you to give it to them, it's actually not wise, good, or helpful for you to give them what they're asking for, because the only reason they don't have it is they're too lazy to work for it. The other people, the other category in Proverbs would be like the wicked or the violent. If they're suffering, if someone's suffering the consequences of their sin, let's say, we were talking at my dinner table, I said, you know, if you're an older parent, your kid gets in trouble, they're ha and they're going to prison, and they ask, Mom, Dad, can you post bail for me? It's $5,000. Can you post bail? What are you going to say? I don't know. Let's say you have 5000 You have what they need. You can certainly wire the, you write the check, but should you do it? Now, Jesus said, right, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. But that doesn't always mean give people everything they ask for. Okay, Jesus is really contrasting, don't treat your enemies the way they treat you. If kids push you around at school, if they bully you, don't bully them back. Right, if someone does you harm, don't hurt them back. But Jesus isn't telling us, give people everything they ask for every time they ask it. Most of the time, will probably say yes. But there are definitely times when people ask us for help where we might say no, and that's okay. You might want to post bail for your kid. That's not wrong to, right? You might want to give the sluggard a little help one day because of the compassion of your heart, right? That's not wrong. You can choose to love and do these things as you want, but the proverb is demonstrating if you're going to do good, don't withhold it from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act, right? That's a really key idea here. Now let me ask you this. This is the third question. So the first question is, can I help, right? The second question is, should I help? So let's say you can help and you should help. Then the third simple question is this. When should you help? When should you help someone? Let's say your parents say, hey, can you help and take the garbage out? Can you help unload the dishwasher? Can you help clean the room? Can you help pick up the toys outside? Maybe we're the only parents who ask our kids to help, but I know that's not true. I know that's not true. So let's say, well, yes, I have the strength to unload dishes. I know where they go. And mom is not an evil sluggard. So I've decided I can help and I should help. When should I help? What's the answer? When I'm good and ready and feel like it, when I'm done with my video games. Look at verse 28. Do not say to your neighbor, or your mother, or your father, come back tomorrow, come back when I'm done with my stuff and I'll give it to you, when you already have it with you. 
I'm making a little light of this, but the, the essence of this is if you can help someone and you should help someone, do it as soon as you can. Okay, that's the, that's the heart of this here. Don't dilly-dally. Don't wait. When we wait, I think it signals one of two things. If someone comes, and guys, I wrestle with this too, okay? When someone comes to me for help, there's a part of me that thinks, man, if I wait, maybe they'll go to someone else. Anyone ever else thought this? Am I the only sinful person here? Like, maybe they'll find someone else to help them, maybe not, you know? You know, there's a part of us that thinks, well, I have what they need, I should probably help, but I just don't feel like it. And there's another temptation to delay, which I think has more to do with flaunting our power. Kids, back to you. You're walking down the hall and you hear your sibling in the bathroom, I need toilet paper! They need help. They're out of toilet paper in the bathroom. You have the power. You're like, ha ha, there they are in the bathroom without that toilet paper. And you call out, I'll get it for you whenever I feel like it. Is that a good reply? That is not a good reply, right? Sometimes we have the power to help and we, we are tempted to wait to, to flaunt our power to other people. Did Jesus ever do that? That's just our sinful hearts coming out to be like, ah, I'm going to take advantage of this situation. Paul wrote in Romans 7, 21, So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. When you want to do good, when you want to help, there's a part of you, Paul says, where evil lies close at hand. Some of you might find great joy in helping others. For some of you, you complain inside, you grumble inside, you wonder why they really need help, what's wrong with them. In your eyes, everyone's a potential slugger, everyone's evil, no one really deserves your help, your time is too valuable. And Jesus never replied like that. So there's, you might go and do the help, but you might do it in all the wrong way. How do we address the evil that's inside of us? Paul said this as he kept going through Romans 7 and 8. He didn't say, well, just that's life too bad. He said, those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. As you seek to do good in the name of Jesus, okay, as you seek to honor your Savior and live like him, whether you're young or you're old, you will wrestle with the evil that's close at hand. And what Paul tells you to do is this. Set your mind not on the things of this world and of the flesh, but set your mind on the Spirit because Jesus has made you his own. And Jesus has given up everything, everything. He didn't count anything too precious to help you, right? It says he emptied himself. He emptied himself of the glories of heaven, of his life on earth. He came as a peasant. He died on the cross to help you, to rescue you and save you. And so he's saying, look, what's the father say when the, the prodigal comes home? He says, all that I have is what? Is yours. Would you have the same spirit with other people? All that I have is yours. Because you know you have the blessings of heaven waiting for you. So who's asking for your help these days? Who needs your help these days? 
What I've heard over and over as I've listened to my black friends is they're saying, can you, can you help me? It's about that simple. They're saying, can you help me? There is a, a good friend of mine shared a, a photo of a little girl holding a sign. And the sign said, we said black lives matter. We never said only black lives matter. We know that all lives matter. We just need your help. And I was kind of struck by that. And then I was listening to a pastor. Have you noticed how much of this is the same as the Good Samaritan? You're on the road, you meet someone in trouble, you don't know why they're there, you go to help them, you give what you can, you decide to do it now, right? It's the same themes. Listen to what this brother shared. He's reflecting, this is pretty raw from him, a day or two after Mr. Floyd was killed. And he said to, he's talking to Christians here, not the world at large, but he's talking to us. He says, don't go to the opposite side like the priest and the Levite. Don't turn a blind eye to the injustice in the world. The Samaritan saw the beaten up man on the side of the road and did the thing that people expected him to do the least. He got down and helped. He does the very thing that demonstrates the love of Jesus. The system of the day said he should not help, but he made a decision to. If this world is going to get better, it's going to take our white brothers and sisters getting involved and listening to the pain of myself. He wasn't filming this in his pulpit. He was filming this in his car. Have you ever been so humbled to say, I need you guys to listen to my pain? I was just struck by the humility it takes to share that. To just say, I'm crying out in pain. Will you listen to me? Look what he says. He says, we're not making these stories up. We're not asking you to do anything Jesus isn't asking you to do. Get involved. And then he says this. He goes, help, help, help. Black people haven't been lying all this time. And this stuff really goes on. We're not lying to you. Christian brothers and sisters, we're not lying to you. That really hit me pretty hard. I don't know what you should do. All I know is a lot of our brothers and sisters are just saying help. And they don't necessarily know what you should do either. The three questions I shared might seem way, way simple to you this morning. You may have been like, Peter, <laughs> I could have preached that sermon. But they still apply. Can you help? Well, to answer that, you have to know in particular what someone might need from you. At some level, it becomes personal, and it should, right? Should you help? It does depend. What are they asking for? What do they want? What does my Lord want for my life? And if you decide, you know what, I hear, and I'm listening, and I can help, and I should help, well, then the last question is, well, when should you help? And if you have any reason to, to delay that's legitimate, you wait till you're ready. But if you don't, then you ask the Lord, Lord, how can I help as soon as I can? And again, I'm not here to lay false burdens on you guys. All I'm here to say is there's a lot of people asking for help. This is what we've been taught about when people ask us for help. I, I have a glimmer of what I think it means for me. Maybe what it might mean for us 
and I have no clue what it means for you personally. That's for you and the Lord. So your takeaway today is I would encourage you, pray on these themes. It's not just about race, right? This is all of life. People are going to come to you for help over and over and over again. My encouragement is that you take, you apply, you follow Jesus Christ as best as you can, and you teach your kids to do the same. All right, I want to close this in prayer.